Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Grab Lives podcast. I'm your co-host, Trevor Steppen. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jonathan Vargas. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, Before I introduce him, I just want to say that the views expressed in this podcast don't reflect any official views of the Los Angeles Fire Department. Now, today our guest is a personal role model of mine. I met him uh, about a month ago at Peer Support Training. And we've spoken before about just how amazing this group of individuals were that that showed up to our um, UFLAX Behavioral uh, Health Department's uh, peer support group. And at the time, you know, I was feeling very inspired because I had just met Bo Porter. And I thought to myself, dude, the department needs to know that we have members that are... Um, you know, growing into these amazing leaders. And at that time, I was seated right next to Jason Teeter, who's here today, and he's a supervisory mate working at 110s with 23 years on. And from the moment I met Jason, I realized this dude is a modern warrior, okay? He understands what it takes to be a leader in the fire service. He's got backbone and he's got heart. And this dude is quite the character, man. The more I get to know him, the more I hear these incredible stories of him riding his bicycle across the country, about him revolutionizing the dive program. And it just seems like this dude has some solid practices in place. And we're very honored to have him here as a guest today because I want him to inspire the membership. I want you guys to know that we have these amazing characters out there that are doing programs on their own to help encourage understanding your own mental health. Jason is a part of a fire up program, a retreat in the mountains. And um, today we've just got a ton to talk about. So um, we're going to introduce you, Jason. Thank you so much for coming. We're, we're really excited to have you. Uh, that's too much pressure, bro. I'm out of here. <laughs> I, I told you before, I, I, I hate doing podcasts. I've done a couple for uh, my buddies have a podcast. I've done it and I don't like doing it. Now I know why. Because <laughs> afterwards, like they, they always put all this stuff in there. Like, yeah. oh, he's this, he's bitching, he's that. Like, revolution. I don't know if I revolutionary, you know, <laughs> whatever he said. He's uh, humble, the dive too. Program, but I, I have, uh, you know, I did do, a, you know, participate with a lot of other members in, in doing that. And, Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of pressure, dude. Falling now, now you're comparing. Like now, I got to try to, uh, you know, uh, keep up with Bo uh, Porter. Like, that's impossible. That guy's. Well, amazing. you got more time on, right? I got more. Yeah, I could. You know, I could. Hey, hey rookie. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? I could exactly. Call him out the exactly. Time, but, yeah, no, that but cut, cut from the same cloth, right? Because we we see guys that are they're full on slayers. You know what I'm saying? And nowadays, to be a slayer. To be a hardcore dude, but also have the self-awareness and the reflection. Because when I was listening to the Fire You Carry podcast and you're riding your bicycle for how many days? Uh, 47. 47 days. And you're also keeping a journal. You know what I'm saying? That's the duality. That's the paradox that John and I are trying to encourage. Well, I mean, it's funny you bring that up because you make it sound like very like, oh, yeah. And then he, he kept a journal. And like I kind of told you a little bit before, it wasn't a fucking journal. Can I cuss on the podcast? Absolutely. Yeah, I should. You can. My kids might listen to it. No, nah, be yourself. Um, it, literally, like the day before, I had a buddy of mine. And he says, hey, man, you got to blog this thing. And, and back when I did the bike ride, that wasn't, I didn't even know what a blog was. Yeah. I had, I was telling you, I had a, uh, it was like a Google phone and it had like the, the flip out keyboard that you uh-huh. could type. 
and he set the thing up to, for me uh, my buddy eric set the thing up to me for me like the day before i didn't know how to use it like i was figuring it out as i went yeah so it wasn't like this like oh, i'm gonna go on this spiritual journey and i'm going to you know self-reflect and journal it wasn't that at all i was like i was like thought hey this is a good way to keep track of this and put some pictures in it yeah but it did like a couple like halfway along some of my buddies were calling me on the phone or texting me like dude what are you doing like what are you talking about because it, it that that bike ride really stripped away your ego Hell yeah. it, it was very humbling because you know you're you know it's you and a bike in a pair of like tight shorts mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and, and one guy told me he goes you know the he goes the great thing about what you're doing is you're not um, you're you're not a threat to anybody. Right. You're on a bicycle in like tight pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not threatening anybody. So you can kind of just kind of weave your way through cities Absolutely. without having any problems. You yeah. know what I mean? But um, yeah, I, I, thanks for the introduction. I, it might be a little bit over the top, but you know, the other thing too is it, I think something that's important to me is credibility. Hell yeah. Right? And for sure. Walking like you talk. And uh, in order to do that, I have to be you don't have to look inward a lot mm-hmm. you know what i mean and you know just off the beginning you know that's why i say like like bo like that dude's legit he works at 33s bro right i work on a boat like a 110s <laughs> like so i've always got to remind myself of that you know what i mean of of you know you, you get a guy that you know you work on a boat and you're gonna go up to some dude like bo and complain about you know oh man i got i got you know i got force hired yeah like <laughs> to sit on a boat right you know right I mean? like, you know, in credit to our program, we do we do a lot of training, and we, it's just a different, completely different world. I mean, yeah. the Marine program's completely different than the rest of the fire department. You know, all the things that regulate us, and you know, it's it's a whole different job. It's mm-hmm. almost I, I refer to the fire department as a real fire department. <laughs> like when guys come down and go, I, I go, yeah, you're, you're still working for the real fire department. I'm working for the Marine program. You yeah. know, what I mean, it's um, and there, there's a lot of good that comes out of it. I mean, there's um, you know, though you know, we make a lot of money for the you know most of our positions are paid for by uh, the harbor department wow. and so you know i i look at that like when, that was one of the things when i got down there is a you know we we talk about serving you know uh, our constituents right and um that's the bottom line in any part of the fire department and you know i looked at what our constituents were paying us and they're paying they're paying a lot of money mm-hmm. for our marine program Hell the yeah. harbor is and you know i looked at that as like hey we have a responsibility to give back to that you know what i mean to i've always you know i i grew up kind of working construction and you know days work for a day's pay and, and i i i believe in that you yeah. know what i mean um down there hey most nights we do sleep you know we're not up all night we're not we're not doing that job we're not uh on an ambulance chasing ems runs all day long so what are we doing to earn our pay right you know and in that we've we've built and, and i I've spearheaded a lot of it, but I don't want to take credit for it because um, a lot of stuff that I that I personally spearhead um, wound up in the trash can mm. because we didn't have a full team. You know, I had a lot of good ideas and um, a couple other guys on the job. Um, uh, one of the guys, Steve Mache, he he brought a lot of this stuff. We were working together uh, to do this, and uh, it, we we started developing this really bitching program, and but it, it all fell apart because we didn't have the right team. Right, right? we didn't have. Uh, the administration backing us, you know, they have a, um, uh, I forget the term they use in leadership stuff, but um, 
the 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 administration hadn't bought on yet and they weren't necessarily supporting it because they didn't understand it just it fell apart right you know what i mean so um a lot of the work that i've done with the, the die program that included a lot of other people um and right now we have we have a great team we've got 13 uh, newer divers that we got down um they've been down there for about two years and they're all solid guys come from good backgrounds and they they really you know are reinvesting that, that one of our the biggest problems that we found out with the dive program is that some of the older guys weren't reinvesting in the program. Gotcha. And they're coming down and they were like, Oh, this is great. Right. This is my life. And, and that's good. But it, it's such a small program that you have to reinvest in that program. Well, dude, I just want to compliment you because you know, I've got almost seven years on and I'm at peer support training, right? You've got 23 years on and a lot of the, the role models I have within the department, they acknowledge that, that we have problems, but you know, sometimes too often their solution is just an exit strategy. It's sort of like, hey, I don't know how to fix this. Good luck. So I just want to compliment you on having this much time on and continuing not only to reinvest in the future of the dive program, but to, to reinvest in the future of the peer support program. What, what made you want to sign up for that training? Uh, most of the stuff, it's like I, I, I see a, a problem and I, I'm just drawn to looking for solutions and it's it's kind of a curse i guess you know what i mean because people ask me all the time like why are you getting you have all these things going on why are you investing in this now yeah. you know what i mean and there's pros and cons to that too right um there's a point where when you're spread really thin you can't be great at everything yeah. right um and some of these things you know i try to prioritize different things and at, at one point, I saw that that, that our pro, our marine program was a priority, and I wanted to do everything I could to reinvest in it and solve some of the problems that we were having. And now we're getting to a point where a lot of these new guys are really um, they're really taking the ball and running with it. And there's a, there's a point too where um, I gave them everything that I have, and there's a point where I can't. I don't. The, the bottom line is I don't run the dive program. I don't run our marine program. So there's a point where I can teach the guys around me the things that I've learned, mm -hmm. and they have to take those things on, right? Because I, I probably got maybe six years left on the job. Yeah. And there's a point where um, I can pass on information, but they have to make their own, and they have to you know, take that and, and move forward with it. Um, mental health has always been something I've kind of kept my eye on, and I have um, made attempts to bring a solution to our mental health within the fire department and quite frankly i was met with a lot of dead ends really um probably you know there's little uh, i've dipped my toe in it several times and you know i think for me looking for solutions is finding the root of the problem mm -hmm. right what is the actual root of the problem and so the other thing is is maintaining credibility is finding what the principle of the solution is not the method right and i think when it comes to mental health i started to find out very quickly that there wasn't really a good principle solution mm -hmm. there was a lot of methods that people were putting on the internet or they were suggesting and i started realizing that this the programs that we had had in the place in the past were liability based yeah especially from the fire department side and even the union side it you know, and, and again, like kind of like your disclaimer you gave at the beginning, my disclaimer also is that 
you know, I don't, I don't have any issues against the fire department or the union or, you know, but I, a lot of times will call it like I see it Mm -hmm. and maybe it's right. Maybe it's wrong. I just, I, I try to be honest with what I see. And a lot of times that's not taken well because a lot of times it's true. Yeah. Not that I'm never wrong. Right. Right. But when I am wrong, I try to admit that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And what I was finding with our mental health processes through the union and the department is that they were simply trying to make sure that they weren't liable for people's mental health. They didn't actually care about people's mental health. Mm. Right. And I, I think some of that's still true. Yeah. Right. Um, well, if that guy, you know, cause one of the problems, if you admit that, that we have a mental health problem, then you're liable. Right. Right. So if you can just put some stuff on the internet, here's the phone number to call. If you have a problem, mm. right. If you have a problem, then call this number. Yeah. You know what I mean? That way they can sleep at night going, Oh, we have a phone number out there. Right. So I, I, I'm the kind of guy that calls the fucking number and goes, <laughs> no one's answering. So I leave a message like, uh, hey, yeah, my name's, uh, you know, Firefighter Teeter. And, uh, you know, I'd like to talk to you about, you know, some mental health stuff. Yeah. That's that's what we saw in the, the peer support group training, right? Like Trevor and I heard you talk for the first, what, five minutes. And we looked at each other like, Dude, our next guest. this is our next <laughs> guest. Because... What you're doing is you're you're checking it, right? You're checking its credibility, and with credibility comes responsibility, and that's the part where uh, it becomes important. And everyone in that room at the peer support group training felt responsible because we're tired of just the lack thereof, right? And if you're pushing this credibility to like the forefront. Now there has to be something that happens. And, and a lot of it is just a collaboration, right? Between ourselves, you know, the workers that are out there have to face it, right? And a lot of a lot of what happens is like the bureaucracy, dude, that, that comes into like this, you know, liability, right? It's a fucking big word because no one wants to get fucking sued. And that's just the, the environment we live in, dude. It's, it's America, man. That's just what it is. That's where we're at right now. Polarity and liability and lawsuits and that's why there's such a huge behavioral health issue because now we're in a place to have like this paradigm that has to shift that has to help people but people are so like i'm gonna not engage you know but you as you know just from our perspective brother we just loved how you're pushing the narrative man and then having people see um just how you do things how you approach stuff which is very admirable dude yeah well again i I just, I've done a lot of, a lot of self work, you know what I mean? And really looking inward and, and what makes me tick and what, you know, those type of things. And I've learned a lot from that. And when you, when you do that type of work and you go out into daily life, you start to see the reality in things, mm-hmm. right? And the reality is not always pretty, right? A lot of times it's not. A lot of times it's, I don't want to say ugly. It's just, again, I, I don't really believe in right or wrong. I just believe there what is and isn't kind of like, like we were talking about earlier a little bit about nature. Just, yeah. you know I mean, because a storm wipes out a bunch of people like that's ugly. It's bad, but it's not like nature hates you. Right. It just is. Mm-hmm. Right. And I kind of look at those type of things and especially with mental health. So I'm looking at this and I go, 
I, I kind of call it call it out and go, hey, that that number's bogus, right? Nobody answers the phone. It takes you three months to get an appointment. That's not a solution, right? I go on the you know the different websites and and I look at all these like you know fancy places you can be sent and all this stuff like that's it's 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 more of a marketing campaign than a solution right right and and i don't i don't appreciate that i go you know we've had several members that have you know that have passed and and i don't i don't put the blame on the fire department i don't put the blame on the union i don't put the blame on anybody i I try to look at it as a this situation happened could it been preventable probably yeah right um but Ultimately, it's the member's responsibility to get help, right? Um, but if that member is ignorant to a solution, then maybe it's the guy next to him that can provide him with some possible solution, right? Yes. Um, I, I really, when it comes to, peer, I, I think the <laughs> the reason I kind of got into superior support is I was looking at some of this stuff and I'm really big on, looking at what's going on around me like is is now the time for this or is it not and and before when i looked at a lot of this kind of like peer support stuff i was like now is not the time like it's it's going to be more of a fight than it's it's going to do more damage than good how about Mm -hmm. that like if i start this right now um all i'm going to do is piss off the fire department piss off the union i'm one dude this and and all this is going to do is create animosity and there's now is not the time mm-hmm. and so I, I kind of checked back into it for a while then we started getting um i think um sean stilson was the was the big one for me i knew sean I, I wasn't close friends with him but i worked with him and to me sean was like the epitome of a of a good firefighter yeah i mean the guy was a stud he could weld he was he was fit good looking dude had a family showed up every day with a positive attitude worked hard like that guy was like you know a a mentor of mine i thought man this guy is the real deal this guy's got it all and you know he had promoted we gone to you know i hadn't talked to sean for many years um when i found out about that but it, it really i was like how could this happen how could a guy like that go down that path and you know, I, I, I think, you know, from, and, and I don't know for sure. I, I was told that you know, he was taking some medication and stuff for, um, for something. And, and, you know, there's that, that's a whole, that you could have a whole podcast just on that type of stuff, but, um, it bothered me, yeah. you know what I mean? And then, um, again, I, I'm terrible with names, but, uh, Havron, the captain Havron, uh, that, that whole incident. And, you know, he had reached out to the union, you know, he had made a phone call like, Fuck. and, you know, it's like, how, how could it, to me, like if a guy reaches out, he's at his last, that's his, like, he's not going to reach out like and go, oh, you know, I'm thinking I, I'm just calling cause I, I, I want to become more spiritually enlightened right. or, you know, I was just thinking I'd look at my ego today or, yeah. you know, I mean, just guys don't do that. Right. Yeah. By the time they, they call that phone number, they're like call 911. Yeah. Right. And so you call, you don't get, a, you know, you leave a message, you don't get a call back. You finally get a hold of these people after a week and then it takes three months to get an appointment. Like that's the stuff that bothered me. That That's where I was like, we really got to do better for sure. Right. Um, I think that, um, part of the, the problems that we've had is, is, and I look at the whole, try to find the root of the problem. I look at the, you know, how we are as a fire service as opposed to kind of other industries. Right. And so 
like back when I got hired on it. And, and again, I'm not, I don't want to paint everything with, with a broad brush and say everything or all people, you know, it's, this is my experience that I've had. Um, when I was younger on the job, like we'd sit around in the, you know, the locker room, we'd talk about stuff or mm-hmm. we'd sit around the kitchen table or we would, you know, it, you know, sitting around the dorm before we're going to bed, you know, talking stuff like that. There was a lot more of that. And I think, um, you know, we've had a lot of influence from, you know, outside the fire department that we have to act a certain way, right? Good, bad, or indifferent. It's like they're holding us to the same standard as corporate America, mm-hmm. but we're not corporate America. You know what I mean? And we have issues that are different. We live together. We're, we we work multiple days. Um, and, you know, the real fire department does that on no sleep, mm-hmm. right? And so I start kind of looking at that stuff. And the biggest problem that I see with that is that we're telling people they can't talk anymore. Yeah. Right. Because if you say how you feel, it might offend maybe not the guy next to you, but the guy that walked through the locker room. Right. Right. And, and, and I fully get that. Like we don't, we are in a professional environment. We can't just say what we want. Like we used to. Right. We can't just say what comes to mind. Right. Um, and, and, and I'm not an advocate of being offensive to anyone. Um, back in the day, like you wore blue and that was it. There really was no, and, and, you know, I don't want to start a whole thing on like, you know, uh, you know, I know that there has been problems with that. Right. Um, most of the experience I've had during the fire department, everybody wore blue. It didn't really matter what race you were, what, what gender you were, those things didn't matter. Mm-hmm. We were all we were all brothers and sisters, and I think that some of the outside political influences have created us to start have have created some division within the fire department. Right? Yeah. Um, is that well? We can't say this because this person's in the room, or we can't say you know. I I, I just don't think that's the path. I think that um, we have to get back to that brother and sisterhood. Yeah. right that, that that we're all part of the fire department right um and what's happening now is i think people are there are no answers around the kitchen table right and, and i'm not again there are there are stations out there where guys are still pretty solid and um you know they still have a lot of that um we are fortunate like in the marine program because we have a lot of you know with the exception of our, our newer divers most of the guys that come down there are you know older yeah they're, they're close to retirement right and um, I worked over at 49s for about eight years, nine years. And, you know, there was, there was a lot of senior people down there and we still did that. We still talked and, and those kind of things. Um, but even in that it's, you have to, you have to be careful, you know? And, um, so we've stopped talking to each other. We've stopped kind of like some of the stuff like bucketing right that's always a a topic like there was a reason for it and and did it get out of hand of course it did you know what i mean like there's a point where like you know when the mayor shows up you shouldn't be throwing water around the you know what i mean like some people don't know what bucketing is so like bucketing is when you back in the day right older fire department there was just a uh a regime of you know, dumping a bucket of water on someone when you're walking around and not being aware of your surroundings. And yeah. it, it was a, a method of teaching to always be aware of your surroundings, have a keen sense of awareness, right? Right. And of, of course, it, you know, it got a hand here and there, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, the problem is, is that 
so we've taken all these things away from the fire service, but what what have we replaced them with? Like, okay, you're not allowed to talk to each other around the kitchen table. You're not allowed to talk to each other in, in the locker room, mm-hmm. right? So what are we what are we replacing that with? Yeah, and and I I don't have an answer to that. Like I think that the that we've replaced that with our cell phones. You know for, I mean? sure, and, for sure, for sure. And, and yeah. I'm not an anti-technology guy. Like I'm not like these guys and their cell phones all day. <laughs> I'm not one of those guys, right? <laughs> but because you know, I mean, we live on those things. Like for sure, the same same guy that goes, yeah, we gotta get rid of cell phones. You know, <laughs> jump on the you know Google their way home. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. so I, I'm not an anti-technology guy at all. Um, and, and I think there's, there's good and bad to all that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't really follow Facebook much anymore. I have an account. I don't really use it cause I, I didn't really like the way it was going. Like I have an Instagram account yeah, that we I use got for Facebook a few years ago, but I keep in touch with Instagram. Yeah. It's just, it's just kind of a, um, and, but I've gotten sucked into it too. When it first came out, I was like, dude, like I, I my one buddy at work, he, he's like my, you know, you have those two guys on your shoulder like i have a young guy and, a, and i have an old guy yeah. so my one buddy's like my old guy like eh, <laughs> you can't do it like I, I was like facebook i was like dude this is awesome yeah. when it first came out i was like i can post pictures on it all my relatives and friends see it mm-hmm. like you know, it was a different like uh, uh whatever they call that uh, not matrix but uh algorithm, algorithm. Yeah. yeah and it was like it was cool and then you like pictures would pop up of your old friends and like it was really cool i was like dude this is so amazing and you could like say things and like your friends could all hear it like i was like dude this thing is awesome my buddy was like it's gonna destroy society <laughs> you're participating in the undermining of society and so i'm like start reading your mind right and i know no, this this is a real person that told me this oh yeah. no he's real he doesn't actually sit on my shoulder but he's like a real person so i was like so i was like no but look this is this is great yeah. you know i mean and it turns out that you know he was kind of right right and because what happens is is with most stuff that like something good comes out and whatever you know they find ways of manipulating it turning into something completely you know what which it shouldn't be right Mm -hmm. and so he was like i told you (laughs) and i was like okay bro but i still go back to when i was using it initially it was good now i I choose not to use it that much but the, the reason i bring that up is because of communication right right we're all learning to communicate via our phones um through fate you know through all these other things and we're again i'm not like the guy that says you shouldn't be able to use your your cell phone but i think we're we're losing the ability to communicate one-on-one face-to-face you know i mean some conversations are better over text some aren't right you know what i mean sure. like breaking up with your girlfriend not a good idea to do over text <laughs> you know what i mean or hey here's here's a couple of little pearls if you're if you're pissed off at someone don't email or text right go yep. go talk to them face to face absolutely right because and i've watched it a hundred times right never if you're gonna if you have no choice but to text you know or email mm-hmm. don't do it when you're pissed off i know have your buddy read it first. You yeah, know what I, know, I mean? I know like, these lessons all too well. <laughs> right. Yeah. We've all, we've all had them. Yeah. You know? So I think that, um, you know, we've, we've lost the, or we haven't lost it, but we we're getting rusty on the art of communication. Right. Uh-huh. And I think part of the problem is, is that if, and this is why, why peer support, I think is so important right now that we, you know, we continue to revamp this program is that there's, there's a lot of responsibility there that I think we, we're shucking our responsibility to look after 
our brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. right? It's much easier if we go, oh, well, if, if they have a problem, like they got the phone number, they yeah. got, well, and this is what the uh, you know department does, I think, is goes, oh, they got peer support, they got all these things, but they're not really looking into seeing if these things are working and how efficient they are, right? Right, and that was kind of kind of how it was with our dye program. Is like, oh yeah, we got a dye program. And it turns out like the the chief officers, you know, they can't necessarily look into every program that we have, mm-hmm. right? But they they're going to take your word on it. Like if they go, and that's the other the other problem. With a lot of this stuff is it like if you come to me today and they go, hey, is your die is 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 your marine program die program squared away? I'm gonna go, yeah, hundred percent, red rock, right? But now if if it's not, and I start believing that, that's where the problem lies, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's some of the issues that we've had with our peer support program. Is that hey, it's right there, it's on the internet, it's got a number, yeah, it's good to go. If you call the peer support people, and I'm not talking about our current peer support, I'm talking kind of more in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, if you call them up and go, "Hey, how's the peer support going?" Oh, it's awesome. It's going really good. <laughs> okay, so you got a civilian employee that's being paid by the fire department that's in charge of that program. If you call that person up and go, "How's your program?" Uh, it's great. Yeah. Right. But if if you start doing some investigating, you go, uh, "It's not great," and that's been kind of one one of the things that that i've been very successful at is asking those questions and digging until i find an answer Mm -hmm. right so you could take that you know with anything right and and i think also i think that's any kind of leadership book you read i think and i haven't read the book i should but i think it's called like uh not my ship or something like that they base a lot of leadership it was a um if he was a captain or i don't know what the rank is but he was a, a navy dude in charge of a ship i think it's a captain um and he it was it was a book uh based on leadership and he basically goes and uh, he goes down to this uh ship and realizes like how am i supposed to know <laughs> like i don't uh my brother-in-law he's a um he's on uh on a, a navy ship and, and he's a commanding officer there and he's in charge of navigation and i go how the hell do you learn all that like Dude, I'm I study navigation like uh, nautical navigation. Mm-hmm. Dude, honestly, bro, I'm lucky. Like, I, I go go take the pointy in and point it that <laughs> way, and hopefully, don't run anything. This dude's in charge of a you know navigating a navy ship. Yeah. So how do you do that? Well, the, the, you have to you have to determine if the people that are under you that you're leading are competent leaders, and mm-hmm. if they fully understand what they're doing, right? So and and. Uh, you know, I, I'm not part of it. Someone asked me the other day, like, are you a Jocko warrior <laughs> or whatever? Like, are you part of the Jocko army? And I was like, um, I don't know. I don't, I didn't, I wasn't given a badge or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've read his books and I, I think they're, they're pretty legit. Um, but, uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of his, his thing is, is you have to come back and make sure that the stuff that you're, leading in is efficient right mm-hmm. you you have to you have to check that stuff and I, I think in our peer support group we we've failed to do that yeah right and so it's a team effort right yeah i mean like that's kind of the whole point and you dude you mentioned you do your inner work right to be a part of something in behavioral health means you do your own inner work number one is because you don't want to bring your own shit into a situation because anything you're carrying it can bleed out into the situation and it's palpable. You don't have to say any words and it comes up. You know, whatever you, you, your face can tell it all sometimes. And, but if you do your inner work, all that stuff that can rise up to the surface, it doesn't, it doesn't come out like that. So 
if you become a team member in this effort to support behavioral health, do your inner work. And dude, inner work is not easy. I mean, all this shit pops up. It's like a geyser just pouring out. You know, it's like a wound that's being opened again. All these things that can come up for you, it's tough. Well, I think it's it goes back to that uh, that whole thing of you know you got to put your oxygen mask on before your kids. Yeah. Right. Because if if I'm not squared away, or I don't have an understanding of who I am, how am I how am I supposed to help you? Right. Yeah. Most of the stuff like I've become. I don't know how you put this, but people have told me like, I'm not afraid to ask difficult questions. Definitely not. Right? And that's John and, and I mentioned, we, we learned that about you within the first five minutes of peer support. And it was awesome because, you know, I was there just to kind of like listen and I could tell you were there to learn, you know what I'm saying? And if you're there to learn, you're not just going to sit back and listen. You're right. going to ask questions. And it was inspiring to me. You know what I'm saying? Because what we're talking about is trusting but verifying. Right. You know, and like you, you kind of checked me with my communication style. And it was awesome because, you know, I was riding this high of like we got a podcast and the Bo Porter episode was so great. And I was using a lot of words like mindfulness and breath work. And you were like, Trev, if you want to get through to these guys, guys with as much time as me, you got you to gotta tailor your communication style to your audience it was really humbling dude well and what i was really challenging you to do is understand the principles of what you're teaching right right not just the methods the methods right because to me that's that's i learned that through training yeah right let's say i'm i'm training scuba divers if i don't understand why i'm using the method then i'm not going to get across the principle and i won't be able to adjust it to other things right? right and if you understand the core principle of what you're teaching right I don't know it all. None of us do, right? But if I understand the principle of what I'm teaching, when new things come up, I can adjust that accordingly. But if I'm just stuck to one method, like, okay, you have to get up every day, do 20 push-ups, three sit-ups, this, that, you know, whatever it is, whatever your routine is, I can blindly follow that method mm -hmm. and I may or may not get something out of it. But all of a sudden I get a little, I get, you know, my shoulder starts hurting, right? Now, if I just keep going down that road, eventually that shoulder is going to get to the point where I can't do any more push-ups. Right. Right. But if I understand the principle that, okay, hey, I'm trying to, you know, strengthen my body. I'm trying to, you know, get myself moving every day, um, get a little bit of dopamine, whatever that is, then I can go, okay, you know what? My shoulder's starting to hurt. So I'm going to, instead of doing push-ups, I'm going to do burpees. Right. Right. So I make an adjustment because I understand the principle of what I'm trying to accomplish. Right. But if I just blindly follow that method, I'm going to be injured and I'm going to fail. Yeah. And I think it's important because especially like at your guys' podcast, you guys talk about a lot of different methods. Mm. Right. And I think it's important that people understand the principle of each of those methods. Yes. Right. So they understand what they're trying to accomplish and why. Right. Right. Like. I mean, I, I listened to a couple of your guys' episodes, and you guys talk about some pretty crazy stuff, right? <laughs> and it, if people just like, go, oh, okay, yeah, I just do ayahuasca totally. all the time, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, what happened to John? Yeah, I don't know, yeah, yeah. man. He's <laughs> on ayahuasca. You it's know in a mean? different dimension. Right. If you just like blindly go into that, right. following the method, but if you understand the principle of what it does and, and what you're actually trying to accomplish by using that tool, it's something completely different. I've never done it, so I can't really speak to it mm. right but i but i think that's super important is that you you understand the principle of what you're what you're trying to accomplish absolutely right? and so generally 
um, I, I one of my my good uh, things that I come up with is, is when I ask these questions, I'll tell somebody, I'm not questioning you. I'm asking a question mm. because many times, right. like as a rookie or something, I ask a question, the guys get all pissed off. We just do it that way. That did that way. John Pickapod did it that way. Dude, there's so much education behind it all. And that's why me and Trevor, we're going to start doing, we kind of prompted the idea of doing small, short drills on stuff. Like, because Bo Porter talks about grounding. Well, a lot of people don't even understand what that is. So we're, we're going to get the understanding of it with like a 15 minute bit on grounding or EMDR or all these things like right. a, a better understanding it. Cause it's a lot, it is a lot. Well, and that was tough. The point that I kind of made to you is understand the principle and teach the principle. Yeah. Right. Right. Come up with your own lingo, come up with your own. Like, so we had talked about um, like breath works. Right. So right. I've in my, my search for whatever the hell I'm searching for, <laughs> You know, I've done a lot of different modalities. I've tried to, you know, a bunch of different stuff. And, um, you know, I did yoga. I did all kinds of stuff. And if you understand the um, the principles of yoga, it's not just, you know, an exercise. It's not just stretching. It's just if you really look back to where a lot of this stuff comes from, there's a lot of fundamental principles that go along For with sure. it. And most people that do yoga don't even know what they are. And right. the rest of them don't usually don't follow them. There's very few people out there that have a true understanding of where it comes from For sure. and what the principles behind it are. Right. And so I was talking about, so I had learned, um, I had done a lot of breath work in that. And it wasn't until I, I tried uh, Wim Hof breathing that I was like, Oh dude, that is effective. Mm. And that works. And I tried, um, uh, what's it called? I'll come up with it. I'll, I'll remember the name of it. Um, but there's another breath work that I tried and I was like, Oh wow, like that works. And a lot of things that I, I kind of was experimenting with, like they all wear like white robes and like, uh, hi. and there's like, it's all mostly <laughs> women, you know, and here I'm this like dude with the mustache come in and mm -hmm. just like, yeah, let's do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and there was, I, it took me a while to, to find the principles of that. And then once I did and I learned the principles, I was like, wow, a lot of these people in this community aren't following the principles, mm. right? Um, a lot of people get sucked into this self-help realm, right? But they don't actually practice the principle of it. Yeah. Right. And they don't actually do the stuff that you need to do to help yourself, right? right. So a lot of people get in there and they get all woo-woo. Because a lot of this stuff, it's the, the methods are very effective, right? For sure. Um, you know, I, I told my wife at some point, I said, hey, I could continue down this path, but I would have to go live in a cave, yeah. right? And, yeah. and, and, and a lot, and people have, sure. right? And if you live in a cave and you're surrounded by cave walls and you're in comfortable clothing, whether, you know, whatever it is, and you do meditation all day, like you will get to a pretty great place, but you can't accomplish that in, you know, they call it a householder's lifestyle, right? Because you become too open, mm. right? And, and so most of us, our, our practices are, are um, householder style. Like, I, you know, I've taught guys meditation, and I, I think it's uh, the Dalai Lama says, before you can work on the inside, you have to work on the outside, right? Mm -hmm. So I tell guys, I go, you can't just take a meditation practice and just go walk in the middle of the 710 freeway and sit down and meditate, right? right? That won't work, right? And a lot of guys try to do that. They just go, okay. And, and meditation is a whole other thing you could talk about all day, but... Um, there's a point where you have to set up your environment, yeah. right? 
um, if you've got kids and, and, and you've got mayhem going on around you, you have to kind of pull yourself out of that mayhem and create a place, a, you know, a calm place to meditate, mm-hmm. right, and, and, and do that. Um, and I think that that's a lot what we're talking about here is that once you understand the principle of what you're trying to do, right, you go, okay, I'm going to, you know, quiet my mind. Well, I can't quiet my mind if my kid's banging on the door and it's just not possible, right? right. And a, a lot of these things, too, where they come from, there's a cultural aspect of it. Like when I studied Tibetan Buddhism, you know, you get to the principle of it. You can see where a lot of, there's a lot of kind of politicalness to that too. Is that even a word? Politicalness? Politics. <laughs> Politics. <laughs> um, there's a lot of cultural stuff behind that. And if you just pick up a book on, um, you know, single point of meditation and try to sit down and do it, you won't be able to do it. Yeah, right. right. Um, a lot of, a lot of the words that are used in their texts are, are totally, we don't have them in our culture right so you can't just sit down and try to do single point of meditation you'll fail there's yeah. just no way to do it um it, there's a process you have to go to get there right and that's where i think with a lot like a lot of the guys you've got stuff you guys have brought up in your podcast i think there's definitely um like if you uh i've been listening to i listen to a lot of different podcasts different stuff like the um the special ops community which you know i'm not a not a veteran, but uh, I listen to a lot of the stuff they're doing with like psilocybin, some of the other stuff, I, you know, stuff you guys have been talking about. Yeah. Um, but there's there's an understanding of it, and there's there's a single pointedness to it. It's not like you just like start grabbing shit and just run around and start taking it. You know, for right? sure. There's, I think if you're going after, a, you know, you know, they're using a lot for PTSD, which is something that that, that I've looked a lot into, um, and they are having a lot of. Um, success with that yeah. right and i look at stuff like um like medications right I've, I'm, I'm not a, a big fan of uh these different types of medications that are putting people on um because the, the biggest thing that i found and i haven't taken those so i did that's why i always want to make sure that that i'm you know i'm not trying to claim something that i don't have yeah, a full sure, understanding dude. credibility um, i have had uh you know family members and and, and friends and stuff that have that were on that path and and the one thing that I realized with that is that it, a lot of it, you hear these, like they talk about pathways, right? I think a lot of those medications shut down those pathways and sure. they make them numb and they make them non feeling. And I really don't believe that that is a, a sustainable path for anybody. And I, and I believe that's why a lot of times those paths end in suicide. Yeah. Um, I think that some of these other things that you've talked about, like uh, from what I've read and what i've listened to about like psilocybin and those type of things that it actually opens up those pathways yes. and it makes you feel more mm. as opposed to less mm. and which is and it's unfortunate because um oh heliotropic breathing that's what that's the the breath works i was talking about and the way that was developed and i forget the guy's name that started it but he was uh using uh, hallucinogens for depression and ptsd and then when they outlawed that they um he started with this this breath work and it's a three-hour breath work session Damn. and it's gnarly bro i've done it two <laughs> times and like it's it, it has the same effect interesting of like kind of i again i've never taken ayahuasca but from what i've heard the the description of it mm-hmm. it has the same effect mm-hmm. um just on breath works now it's probably not as i don't know if it the like the ayahuasca type thing might be like a bigger effect um i'm not sure 
but um, well, I think it's op- it has to do with opening up your channels, right? So like a lot of times, our expression or uh, integration of the self has a lot to do with blockages we carry, emotional right. blockages, mental blockages, etc. That's why some people can't even meditate. Right. So much shit going on. Exactly. So that's why it's important. Even if you want to go into meditation, try some breath work because you're you're just opening up the channel of the self. So if you didn't do like a a breath work like heliotropic breath work. What you're doing is you're just opening up your channels. Once it's clear, then you're able to have this experience that is existential to where you can, you know, sky's the limit, baby. But here's the thing with with opening up the channels. It can be strange and different for every single person. And I've done um, a pranayama breath work that's about an hour and a half. And, I mean, people go through some serious, they'll have some serious issues. They're working through emotional blocks, trauma that comes to the forefront because they're working through a block when you're opening up the channels. So the thing with, dude, I love how you mentioned like opening it up too quick, you know, is really uncomfortable and very strange and it's not good for everybody. So I love how you, you mentioned, you mentioned that because that's correct. And it's hard to educate on every single little piece and bit of the, um, just the understanding of something, you know, it's, it's a lot. So that's why we, we have so many different methods of stuff, that could work for some people that could not work for someone else. But if the only thing that you could really do is look inward and that's where you find your answer and that's where you're going to do continue your work with yourself because that's where it's at. I, I can't guess what Trevor is going to go through, you know what I mean? Or what's going on in his head or what experience he's having because he can only truly answer that. You know, he's the only one that can truly heal himself and well, get yeah, that, you know? Exactly. And that was kind of like, so when I did this heliotropic breathing, it was like, they, they made it like it was like a three-day thing. So you had to go Friday night, the night before. And you kind of went through like a ceremonial thing, kind of like they would burn incense and, you know, do different stuff, which I, I was comfortable with at the time because I'd been around it enough. But I was like, I'm always looking at like, okay, how could I bring a fireman into this? Yeah. Like, could this work? And I go. You have a skill for that. And I go, dude, no fire. Dude, they, they'd be out. Like, right. I'm out of here. Right. Right. And because, and why do I know that? Because I've, I was there. 10 years before yeah. the guy to walked in like i i walked into a hot yoga class one time and uh i went with my wife I was like oh that sounds cool exercise she you know this is before i kind of had gotten into any of the yoga stuff and like i'm walking towards the thing and this little dude i wound up taking his lunch money i'll just be honest but <laughs> he's like oh um you can't wear your shoes in here and i was like what the fuck you know what i mean like you could have just been like oh hey brother like you know what it's just we don't wear shoes in there because of this that yeah, and everything yeah. you know what i mean and it, a, a lot of it's how you sell this shit mm-hmm. and, and i hate to say that because i don't want to sound like you know like you're trying to sell a product but um so the difference between like that and i told my wife i'm never going to the other yoga class again because i'm gonna <laughs> just wind up fighting the whole time and i'm not a tough guy dude like i'm not a, like a fighter dude but so the first time I went to a jiu-jitsu class, they go, hey, you don't want to put your shoes on the mat because your shoes are on the asphalt. We don't want our faces being rubbed in the dirt on yeah. the mat. Relatable. And then if you don't, if you walk on the mat, like we're going to warn you, and then we're going to put your face into the dirt. Where you, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's yeah. the same exact thing. Yeah. Right? But the difference, and uh, again, I, talking about like credibility and respect i think Mm -hmm. that like some little dude likes never been anywhere but a yoga studio that could i could snap him in half and i'm not a very not a very strong dude like fuck you 
Yep. You know what I mean? As opposed to you go to some <laughs> dude that you're like, oh, if I wear my shoes on that dude's mat, he's going to snap me in half. Like, out of respect, I'm not going to bring my shoes on the mat. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Salesmanship is important, you know, and like we talk about intention, right? I love the way that you're breaking down the difference between principles and methods because I'm even thinking about our last two podcasts where the method was calling a number, but we wanted to emphasize the principle of connecting, connecting with Hugo or connecting with Alejandro. And so one of the principles that I focused on in peer support training was intention. Okay. And, and we can apply that to what we just talked about with psilocybin or breath work or whatever. The principle of all these methods of inner work is intention. What, what are you oh, trying yes. to learn? What are you trying to learn about your environment? What are you trying to learn about yourself? And so at peer support training, my intention was to listen. Okay. Because when you checked me, I was selling a product to someone I thought was already a customer. And you understand the fire service culture more than I. Okay. And so it's arrogant to assume everyone's buying. Okay. So I, I think it's, it's, it shows a lot of respect when you understand, is this person a customer to begin with? You know, are they interested in this inner work? Are they, have they already tried it? Right. Are they just subscribing? You know? And so a lot of the people that I talk to, they come up to me, they they say, Hey, I'm already interested in this shit. So I've got a a person who's just going to subscribe. But it takes an extra set of skills to understand, is my audience even interested in this? And you know that there's a lot of fire stations and a lot of members that aren't, right? So it all goes back to the principle. Maybe don't try to sell the methods before understanding the principle of feeling better in your own skin. Right. And then once you understand the principle, what's the application, right? So right. I go through this. I have a pretty gnarly experience in, in this heliotropic. So I, I sat through the dinging and donging and the incense <laughs> and the whatever. And it was cool, whatever. I mean, the girl teaching it was, you know, easy to listen to. Yeah. And uh, so we went through that. And then so the next day I'm, I'm breathing, dude. Like so I got my buddy with me. And so you, you split up into pairs. So it's three hours of breathing. So you have like a, 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 someone with you to make sure you don't like freak out. And then, and then you're doing the breathing. So I'm there. <laughs> and you do this for like three hours, dude. dude like you're hyperventilating is what yeah. you're doing. Right. So there's a, I'm going through stuff in my mind and they're playing really loud music, kind of drummy music. Like mm-hmm. and the music wasn't like, it was kind of hippie ish, you know, kind of, but it was kind of like, um, kind of like rooted in like, uh, you know, like, drums and absolutely kind of, kind of tribal it's a ceremonial yeah it was yeah, kind of, kind yeah. of cool and uh, it's really loud and i'm breathing i'm like this isn't working like nothing's happening like i yeah. think this is like uh, this is not gonna work right? right and so i was like whatever you know i pay you know i paid money for this thing so i'm like get my money out of it one <laughs> i'm breathing three hours like i'm finishing this marathon i don't care yeah and then all of a sudden it happened for me and it was like like whoa <laughs> like crazy stuff what happened? I don't know if I want to tell everyone because it's just kind of weird, but um, basically, I, I you know, because you're hyperventilating, right? Uh-huh. So some people are like, like, oh my God, you're going to fry your brain. I'm like, my brain's already fried, so I don't really care. So, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, I, I, I don't, I kind of went, I don't know where I went. Like it was, you know. You left your body. That sounds weird. <laughs> I'll just say it blacked out yeah. or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. I was like, I was high, I was hyperventilated. Yeah. And then I had this like weird, like this pain in my stomach. And I like, 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 you know, you're laying on your back, like brought my knees up to my chest. Like, and it was like this, 
I describe it as like black tar. Mm. Like it had this visual of like this black tar, mm. like coming out and it like felt it come up my chest and like out my mouth kind of thing. Amazing. Yeah. And, and then, you know, it was just like a, like you said, it kind of like felt like it was like a block was opening up and a like release. A, a pathway was opened or whatever, but it was, it, it gave me the opportunity to, I felt like I was getting rid of a lot of, cause I had a, you know, I had a five-year period in my life that was really pretty difficult and there was a lot of just stuff that I hadn't dealt with Yeah, and it, it didn't cure everything. It just, it got rid of some of that and it kind of opened my mind up a little bit to, okay, there's another way to do things here. Right. And, and I, I went, I flew to Houston to do it again, just to make sure, make sure it wasn't a fluke yeah. and it worked again. Wow. And I was like, wow. So I was like, I could see where like, especially like PTSD, uh-huh. um, where that could be, very helpful for people but i was like how am i gonna get a bunch of there's no way i can get a bunch of firemen right to do this right so i, I kind of that was just kind of on the back burner and then um it was funny because uh, i learned about wim hof through other guys at the fire station yeah. like have you tried this so of course i i take things to extreme a little bit not as much as i used to but i'm like one of those guys i gotta find this this buddy of mine that i met in germany that's a whole other story but he he said yeah you got to find the root of things so I take it as far as I can go with it and find the root of it and then go, okay, do I want to continue this or have I learned my lesson and move on to something else? And uh, so I did the Wim Hof things. So I did it like, I don't know, bro. I did it like for a long time at the station. And the guys are like, dude, you're going to like kill your bro. What are you doing? Like, and I just went crazy, dude. Like I was at 49 so I could do it. But, you know, I didn't get a run, but yeah, I went really far with it. To the point where, like, I was listening to music at the, when I was doing it, you know, and I don't know how many rounds it did, but I did it for a long time. To a point where, like, my, you know, you get you have like these sensors like in your body that tell you to breathe, right? Mm-hmm. And you learn that. I learned that through um, through free diving. Is that like when you and that's a lot of what they do is they they do a lot of stretching before they free dive to open up their chest and to like kind of program those those sensors to like, hey, yeah, I get it. We're supposed to yeah. breathe, but I don't want to breathe, right? So I'd done it long enough where my diaphragm went numb. Wow. Right. And it was like all those sensors were numb. And I was I was holding my breath. I don't know how many times I'd done it, but I was like, whoa, like, <laughs> where am I? Like, I want to stay here forever. Yeah, like, it euphoria. was just total euphoria. It was yeah. like crazy. And I was like, oh my God, like I know once I breathe, this is gonna go away. Mm-hmm. So I held my breath for and I don't I didn't wasn't timing it. I don't know how long it was. Um back when i was doing it regularly i could hold my breath for about you know five minutes so it was somewhere probably around that and it, basically what what physically happened is i i'm sure i blacked out but i was conscious in that blackout and it was it was great now i've tried to get there again i've never been able to do it again right but that so something like that i go hey this this wim hof breathing is very powerful yes. right and it's if you do three rounds of it you're going to have that effect Right, and to me, it's 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 just a, a great thing. I mean, it, it, you know, we can get into all the science behind it, um, but I looked at that and I go, "This is actually this." I I learned this at a fire station. It really works, mm-hmm. and so it was easy to sell because if you go look at Wim Hof, he's kind of a hippy dippy dude, but he's badass. He's like badass. he swims under ice. Yeah. And yeah, he's got like the record for like being submerged in cold water. He climbed up to like one of the high camps at Everest and board. Like you're like this guy's legit. Right, and so something like I was like, okay, that's that's there's something there mm-hmm. right here's this hippy dippy thing that he learned but he turned it and made it badass yep right and and that 
that stuck with me and i go okay that's what i have to do with with like breath work mm-hmm. right now i've brought up yoga here and there and people are still like yoga is one of those things like and there's so many different types of yoga and different you know all this stuff so um but you know like at our fire program i said hey you guys are thinking about maybe we'll try some yoga they're like no i was like okay <laughs> so the weird thing is uh of that program we have a bunch of different stuff we do and and um and we can get out a little later but you know one of the, we like one of the dudes is like black belt jiu-jitsu like oh, yeah. so yeah black belt jiu-jitsu and this guy does like the chainsaws this guy does the hardcore workout with the tools and yeah. they're like and i'm like cool what am i gonna do and they're like you're gonna do breath work and i was like really yeah like give me something dude, more badass i got a mustache bro <laughs> yeah, you guys got mustaches axe. you want me to do the breathing <laughs> right so i was like so i i kind of mixed up two two modalities i took I, hopefully wim hof won't, won't sue me over this you can't i don't really have much <laughs> got my jeep i guess but um i took his methods and i mixed them with a, a little bit of the heliotropic and i oh, put cool. I, I combined the thing together and I, I did it on these guys. And these guys are all type A dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're they're open to new ideas, but they're still all pretty type A. Right. And the first time I tried it, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to run me out of here. Like, this is like too weird, hippy-dippy stuff. And uh, one guy was like, yeah, I'm not sure about all that. You know, but then the other guys were like, dude, that was unbelievable. And then after a couple more sessions, the other dude was like, dude, that was crazy. Yeah. So so what we did is is instead like so like a lot of these things like if you do that that heliotropic breathing it's a three-hour thing and then once that process starts you can't you don't really have much control over it right right and so and i don't really want to take credit for this it was just something that i had kind of done on my own and played with different things and it kind of worked out um so i don't know it wasn't like i just sat down and decided to do this it was just over a process of doing it myself my self-practice and uh so we put this thing together and it's we're we're going on our seventh class and it's been amazing so what what we do is it's a it turns out to be a 45 minute breath work and the music we play is like it's not um hippy dippy it's like it's masculine and it's 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 warrior-ish you know what i mean and it's it's um, and we kind of take you on a journey and, and what happens, I don't want to tell too much cause guys get all mad at me because <laughs> they, they, they expect like this, this thing to happen. Mm, yeah. And if you're not in the right mindset, it won't happen. Yeah. That's for everyone to decide on their own. Right. We, we always communicate about expectation and outcome and intention, right? Expectations can fuck you up in any part of your life. hundred percent. Expectations so are the root of all heartache. Right. Yeah. Your, your experience, you know, I, I imagine a listener is going to be intrigued by your own experience, but they got to find out if that's what's going to happen for them. Right. Right. And I give one, before we do the breath works, I have to give them a little bit of warning, right? Hell yeah. I, I, I don't want to make you anxious. And yeah, I don't want to suck them into something and have them feel like they were like, Oh man, you didn't tell me about this. <laughs> so essentially what the breath work does is we, we kind of, we feed the ego first and give the ego his due. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, you talk about ego. A lot of times it's all uh, in the negative right yeah and but it's not all negative there's a purpose for the ego for sure it's a powerful ally very powerful and someone uh told me one time it's like the the ego is kind of like nothing against janitors (laughs) but they're like the janitor in the company and so the ego and the mind right the heart is like the ceo of the company 
Mm-hmm. Right. And at some point when the heart, you know, has some issues, the ego steps in and takes care of those issues. Well, then once that happens, the ego thinks it's running the company. now, Right. Right. right? And there's a point where you have to go, Hey ego, I appreciate you coming up here and like beating that guy to death with a broomstick. Like, thank you. But now we're, we're back to normal. Everything's fine. Like we got to get those, those floors swept. Right. This is exactly how I talk to my ego. I get, I I show gratitude for him, but I let him know that his task is completed. Yeah. And it, it, and so, you know what, like with the breath works, we, we, kind of pay a little homage to the ego like yeah. let him like hey thank you are powerful because if you don't he's gonna want attention well and more than that he's gonna he's, he's gonna, gonna turn on you he's gonna turn on you <laughs> yeah no swear to god like he's gonna sneak in he's gonna jack you up yeah he's gonna hit you with a broomstick that's what these these practices do they you go through this ego death you hear that all the time right and all it is is just it's putting the ego back in its place of as a janitor, you know, and then you start to actually have a better relationship with it because it's your motivator. It's part of your warrior spirit that brings forth the power within, but it's also in conjunction with other parts of your being, you know, right. it's a, it's a collaborative efforts you know, without a doubt, but yeah, everyone talks about ego death. I don't even understand it, but it, all it is is just, it's going back to that janitor position it was supposed to be in. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just putting everybody back in their lanes, right? Like, yeah. Hey, here's your job. Here's this job, you know, and, and, and going back to your lane. So, so we, we kind of, you know, we pay homage to the ego. We, we make him excited. We let him, you know, yes, I'm powerful. I'm this. And then then we, while he's over here beating his chest, then we talk to the heart a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and that's where a lot of stuff starts to come out. Mm-hmm. So the idea of, of the breath works and, and really the whole fire program is to, like, strip guys down of all of the masks that they have to wear right or or hats they have to wear being an employee being a father being a husband being a friend like all those you know the ego takes on a lot of responsibility with all that stuff right yeah. uh, especially when you're you're trying to take care of your kids or you're trying to take care of your wife um, and when the when the ego starts doing that it creates problems yeah. right and so all of a sudden it's like the other thing is other you know egos play off each other right like um you act a certain way at work and now there's an expectation that you continue to play that part or stay in that role. Right. Um, which is good and bad. Right. Um, but the, the problem is, is if you forget who you really are and all you do is, is you're acting every day, then that's where you start losing you know, your cup becomes empty. Yeah. Right. Because that's a lot of energy. You know, it's, it's like a, you see it happen to actors all the time. Oh, or, big time. Right. They, they get, so caught up in in the the parts that they're playing that they forget who they are and so that's kind of what the fire program does and that's kind of what the um the breathworks does is it it gives you a moment to have a glimpse inside yourself right um and and you guys kind of mentioned that earlier is that you have to look inward a little bit and 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 that sounds kind of hippy dippy on its own but it's kind of like who are you as a man yeah. What right. am I made of? Right. Who are you? What do you believe in? Mm-hmm. What makes you thrive? Yeah. Right. Um, there's nothing hippy dippy about that. Right. And I think if you look into a lot of these old cultures, you know, though, if you look into different warrior cultures, they knew who they were. Yeah. They knew their vulnerabilities. Absolutely. In the face of adversity. Yeah. Because that's where you truly get tested. Right. And so what, what we kind of do up there uh, with the fire program is that we bring guys up. You know, we, we, we have a meal together 
and then we go on a night hike you know we carry sandbags you know do some stuff and, and oh, yeah. it's, it's very physical and then we, we get down to the fire pit i give a little lesson on you'd be surprised how many dudes that don't know how to light a fire dude. <laughs> they so just I, know how to put it out <laughs> yeah so i give a little thing on on how to how to start the fire pit i show them how to do it with a little flint and steel you know a little something they can press their kids with later you know yeah, yeah. and uh so we have this fire pit and then our first cadre guy tells his story and most of us uh, the there's five guys that started the the program well there's yeah and uh we're all firemen there's four county guys myself and uh so we all tell our stories and so the first guy tells his story about how he went through some really bad adversity and and how how he failed to deal with it right like he he just fell off and and then how he you know came out of that hole how he rose out of that and now what he does today and his story is pretty intense i I won't tell the peers because then ruin it if you come up there but uh, it's a pretty pretty intense story and, and you know he gets very, very vulnerable with his story and a lot of guys that come up the fire up program they know they're going there to look they're looking for something yeah, right big time um so a lot of guys dump right there dude and it's cool because you're in the dark right so there's a lot of respect for um it's you know it's a men's program so it's um there's a lot of respect for masculinity and for um vulnerability mm-hmm. right because you know we don't just go up there and just all like hug and cry <laughs> you know no, I mean? there's, yeah. there's a respect for that you know and if you look back into old warrior cultures there there was respect for that too there was respect for vulnerability right yeah. because there had to be right and so a lot of guys you know they dump right there you know and when we go back and then the next morning we kind of run you through this process and and the process is to put you in touch with who you are let you find your vulnerabilities and they are different for for everybody right i mean i don't like saying that people are different because fundamentally we're all the same you know what i mean we're all human beings um but, but people definitely have different experiences in life right and so we we have a lot of respect for for people's you know differences and and where they come from and it, it, and that program's not just for firemen it's you know for for anybody can go um so the next morning we get up 6 a.m and we start off with wim hof breathing right and they, i used to give a lot more of history of how you know all the stuff behind it and the science behind it and all that stuff but they they rushed me along like dude we don't have time for that shit like get into it bro so i'm like but the first question i asked is hey, who's who's never done wim hof breathing right get a couple of hands who's never heard of wim hof breathing because i want to like you said i want to see who my audience is very good right yes with respect to them right? right and so if you know there's always a couple that have never heard of it so i'll walk them through it a little bit more than i would if everyone raised their hand and said oh yeah i'm totally familiar with it i wouldn't even bother with the explanation okay let's get into it right yeah. um and the important thing about it is i'm walking them through an experience i'm letting them have their experience right um i give them kind of the you know some of the stuff that could couldn't happen whatever really very quickly but the idea is to let them have their experience whatever it is um some of the guys are new they they, they breathe too fast or hold too too long and then they're like oh my god i'm totally dizzy my hands are numb yeah and i go okay <laughs> i go hey slow That's your breathing down a little bit <laughs> right yeah so i just tell them hey just slow it down and so i so i cater to those guys yeah. right and I'll, I'll watch them and then we get done with that and then uh you know it's, it's where we do it is like it's outside it's overlooking this over this this valley it's amazing it's cool when we do it during um during winter time like the timing's perfect like because i have them do it with their eyes closed right um 
And then after the the third round, they open their eyes and the sun is coming up over the mountain. Dude, dude. it's unbelievable. But Sounds like such a legit retreat. Oh, it's unbelievable. Let's plug it right now. So it's Fire Up program. Yeah, we're on. Uh, we have a, a website. Uh, we have a great video that um, was donated to us. Um, it's uh, if you go on YouTube and put the Fire Up program. Okay, uh, it's in there, dude. I want to do it, John. We should do it together, man. for sure. That's yeah, awesome. But oh, yeah. Um, you know, so that's the thing. So they like, uh, you know, that only happens in winter. Summertime is a little different. And the other thing about winter too, it's colder. So we, yeah. have, you know, you're like really dependent on some of these fire pits. You know what I mean? We're in the summer, like, why are you lighting a fire? Like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. This is what we do. It's symbolic, right? Yeah, it's called a fire program, bro. Just like fire. I'm dying. So then, um, you know, we do that. We put the flag up out of respect, and uh, you know, then we. We, we swapped it out a little bit. So I think the first thing we do is we do like a little workout. So we do like a kind of hit style workout. A couple of our guys are, you know, they, they come from the, the camps and they're just super fit dudes. Um, and, and we gear that towards the individual, right? So we have different weights, you know, it's, uh, you know, okay, do, you know, 20 burpees and then, you know, whatever, you know, kind of thing. Um, and so what we do with weight, but it's all like, there's a whole, you know, we've had guys with zero fitness level that couldn't do any of the exercises that just walked. Um, and then we've had like this last class, we had this dude, I, I wish I could remember his name offhand, but this dude was a freak dude, savage. Like he's known on the county fire. His dad was like a CrossFit champion. Like this guy's a freak dude, mm. like just unbelievable. So we've had every, everybody from zero fitness level to this dude that, uh, I don't even know. He's like bionic man, dude, just crazy <laughs> dude, like scary, like built, like anyways but so you know we, we cater to all those right and, and the idea is you do what you can do like this is what was suggested if you can do you know the goal is 20 but if you can do 10 then you do 10 and then we and it's all time so go okay we move on to the next one so that gives you you know a little humility you know because you're going against yourself right yeah. but it's showing you where you're at in your fitness level right and we're we don't everything up there is positive we're like come on bro like, do more right and it's more like hey you got this you know bug you know it's it's, it's all positive because you're having your own experience and then we go back we have a good breakfast our, our our cook um he's he's unbelievable he's uh retired county he was a, a captain and, and he goes up and he cooks for us and oh yeah it's just unbelievable the guy's unbelievable dude just an awesome dude like um so he you know he's he's up there cooking for us we have a good breakfast and then um we you know we have other cadre guys given there that we call them perspectives or whatever um and then uh we'll go out and we'll do some type of like team building type thing fitness wise like we'll you know there's a lot of like lumber and stuff that needs to get moved trails need to be cleaned up so we'll you know we'll grab plaskies and you know do some trail work which is you know pretty awesome pretty yeah. good it'll work out or we'll cut lumber and stack lumber and you know and and that now we're taking that fitness thing and making it, you know, a group effort. And right. there's that camaraderie and which is, which is pretty awesome. Um, and then we'll do, uh, after that, I think we have lunch. And then at some point we do, um, some jujitsu. Nice. We'll do like, uh, we start off in the, I think the first day we do a little introduction and then, um, then he'll get into a little more, he'll show you us a couple moves. Um, it's just, and we set that up too, like, um, where it's, because we've had guys up there that are injured so we're, we're very conscious of that and, mm. uh, people doing what they can or cannot do um and then so he'll do some jiu-jitsu show you some moves um and uh and and that's jiu-jitsu is a great tool i, I i'm a white belt i'm like a nobody in jiu-jitsu but so if you're listening and you know a lot about jiu-jitsu please don't 
be mad at me if I say something <laughs> wrong. Beat me up. <laughs> Check but, you out. No, it, it's a great tool. And and it, it, like all these different tools that we talk about, like you just use a great tool, um, especially, you know, kind of like people like us that are like kind of type A, kind of like, you know, that kind of stuff. Big time. Um, but it's also very good for the type B personality too, right? Um, yeah, but, get to know your, your power. Yeah. Get to know your strengths yeah. and your weaknesses. Now, if you had to like, in your experience of doing these retreats, would you say that that's the common intention of the men that are signing up is just to get to know themselves better? No. Um, the um, Most guys are there because they're not in a great place. Gotcha. Right. I don't think, uh, I don't think these are, and we, and we kind of market it that way a little bit too, yeah. of, um, it's kind of like a, um, like I tell people, like when good people are doing the right things all the time, they still become overwhelmed, mm. right? So usually, and I'm just kind of like looking over the people we've had. Um, some people like like that one dude that was a stud. Like we we kind of recruited him. Like, hey, we want you to come up here and see what you think. So yeah. there are people that we we actively recruit to get feedback from. For like, sure. Hey, how do you think we're doing? Right. Um, we've had people that have come up we've had guys that legit had straight bad ptsd we had one guy that was like two weeks back from ukraine mm-hmm. like ha- you know having some real issues um and then we've had people that are look just looking for something new like feel stuck yeah you know i mean um we've had fathers bring up their kids that were having some issues uh we had uh one guy brought his kid up that was you know, just getting that age. Yeah, for you know sure. What I mean, like starting Rebellious. to experiment and just, you know, starting to become a man. Yeah. And and he wanted to introduce this, you know, like, hey, look at it, look at it this way. And he goes, man, I got more out of it than than I think my kid did. That's amazing. Right? So there's there's that. So, um, and then we've had, I've had guys up there that were pretty squared away. Like, you know I mean? Like if you guys went up there, you guys do a lot of different stuff. You guys are pretty squared away. Um, so the idea is that you go up there and you just look at, you know, we, we talk about finding the chinks in your armor, mm-hmm. right? Whatever it is. And um, the what we're really trying to do is just introduce people to a different way of thinking and a different way of life as opposed to like saying, hey, you should do this, 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 or this. We don't, like the things that we do, we don't really push that. We don't go, okay, you're all signed up for jujitsu. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if you find that you go, hey, that was really helpful. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Um, then they, they would go down that, you know, they can go down. We had some guys do that and go down that road. Um, but what we really try to do is just like, we're getting you out of the city for starters. Like it's up in, it's up in Crestline and we have a, we, we rent a Christian camp. It's not a Christian or our thing ain't Christian, but we, we use our camp and they're very gracious to let us use it. We, 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 we rent it from them, but they, they give us a pretty decent deal. Um, so the camp works great. I mean, we have it has a commercial kitchen, a huge lodge, huge fire. There's fire pits everywhere. Like it just works so perfect for us. Nice. Um, so we get them up there away from the environment. You know, we tell them with the cell phones, like you're all adults, like, but kind of put the cell phones away. But if you need to make a call or you have an emergency, it's no issue. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we do that. And then we, especially for men, like the physical is something that's, part of us right and big time so by pushing yourself through those physical challenges it can really give you an idea of who you are and where you're at Mm -hmm. right um i for me i do this every couple months so you know i i fall off on my fitness 
and just you know doing office work and doing this and doing that and the kids and the wife and, the, the, and, and all of a sudden you know I, I've left no time for fitness and I get up there and it gives me a kind of a measure of where I'm at like oh I got to get some more fitness in yeah. right not because I'm going to become physically weak but for for me the you know fitness has always been a mental tool for me for right? sure yeah we we talk about up there is like you know getting rid of the demons mm-hmm. you know and how important that is and and we try to show it everything kind of in a balanced way right so there's you know we, we do some jitsu we do some physical activity we have some camaraderie we do some breath works we do some meals you know all those things and what it really provides is it it's it's just a big stress relief yeah. right and it just gives you the opportunity to go, okay, hey, where am I at in my life right now, right? What are those things? Ma- oh, we do cold baths too. We do a two-minute cold bath, which is always fun. To- yeah. <laughs> I hate cold baths. Like I got to a point where I was doing them every day, and then you know I got comfortable with them, and then you know go work like five days at work, and then you come back and you're like, oh, dude, I hate this again. I know. Every time I do one at John's, dude, it's like extra cold outside, and I'm just not in the mood. Right, yeah, and so... You know, it, it's fun to watch people have never done it. And, yeah. and they're like, how bad is this going to be? I'm like, it's the worst thing you're ever going to do in your life. Like, literally, <laughs> you're going to feel like you're going to die. But it's only two minutes. We guarantee you won't die. Yeah. You know, and, and talking them through it and just watching people go through that experience is, is awesome. You know, we tell them, hey, we, we're shooting for two minutes. If you can only do a minute, then do a minute. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, that's the only, out of all the activities we do, that's the only one where we really push guys a little bit right is come on brother you can do this you're talking about one one minute of your life right now you know as opposed to everything else we've just let them have their experience um you know we've had guys that that have jumped most guys because i think (laughs) because there's so many people watching you like i think like most guys can make two minutes but we've had guys that couldn't make two minutes but you could see like they went man that's a chink in my armor right because it's all mental right for sure i feel panic every time i sit in a cold bath and that's up to me to quiet right. that voice right right because everything's telling me get out right this okay. i don't need this and then as soon as i control that voice through my breath right then the real uh power sets in right right anytime you do something you hate and it becomes comfortable or familiar i mean it grows in your confidence right so we just try to give people that experience and then they decide like we don't we don't like have a grade sheet in the end and go okay man you got 95 <laughs> percent. you're this really type good, of man bro. yeah <laughs> that's up to you one of the things that we do do is we talk about you know and we, we have a little breakout sessions you know we just kind of talk about the experience that we have especially after the breath work um and a lot of guys have some pretty profound experiences i've heard you know guys have told me like well i didn't even know that was in there yeah that's life-changing that's the most profound thing i've ever done in my life um you know i've had other people go like i didn't feel nothing man i'm like Mm. oh dude your expectations were too high (laughs) yeah i've had guys it it takes them a couple times going through it like a lot of times the first time people can be very nervous Mm. and they're really caught up in their mind the whole time and they're not able to have the experience can't let go yeah and it's just and and i get it right and so one of the things that we i i give them i give them a, a little heads up at the beginning like hey you could have an emotional response to this you could be angry you could start crying Mm -hmm. you could feel all kinds of things like and and what i tell people is if you if it starts to come up if something comes up and you don't want to have the experience just make a note that something came up right great dude awareness without judgment right because it's your experience right and and it's not that you did it wrong it's just um you know there's a lot to it like you the first time you do it because you are getting dizzy you are kind of 
you know, feeling that little hyperventilation. And so there's all things that could be happening in your mind that I, you know, I can't control that. But what I don't want is like some, some tough dude to get up there and be like, or oh, I'm gonna do the breath works, and then all of a sudden he starts to have an emotion like, ah, you didn't show me that now. I'm gonna kill you. That's a good thing, man. It's a good thing to have, dude. I don't know not, why I'm you thinking don't want of the turn on you. Yeah, now he's patting your face in. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking of the movie Heavyweights when you have like Ben Stiller and his oh, team Tony coming Perkins, in. Dude. <laughs> Tony Perkins, that's a classic. Yeah. Wait comes till I in fucking finish, <laughs> yeah. dude. So. Jason, you have this quality about you that you're curious. You almost sound like an anthropologist to me. You know what I'm saying? Like you're thinking about your audience. And so I want to tie this all back into LA city culture, you know, because you seem to understand masculine culture. Okay. So you brought up that up in the mountains on this retreat that, by the way, you just sold the shit out of this. I did. I want to sign up for the fire up program like tomorrow. Well, just so you know, too, and it's worth saying we are a nonprofit organization. We charge $250 that covers all your meals and the, the price of the camp. Yeah. Um, our goal in is to get like corporate sponsorship so we could put guys through for free. Um, just so guys know that it's, it's 250 bucks. Um, includes like the bunkhouse, uh, the camp, all your meals. And that's just pretty much, we, we, I think we take like $50 out of that and put it back into our nonprofit account to try to pay for like upgrades of like tools and, yeah. and, and all this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, all the guys, we, we haven't made any money on it. Um, and, uh, it, like I said, it, it's a legitimate nonprofit. You can look it up. We're fully insured, all that kind of stuff. So it's just, just so you know, like that's. That's where the 250 bucks goes. It's a fucking deal of a lifetime. So you obviously have this program outside of work that seems to be very effective. Like, I mean, you sold me on it. And you're talking about encouraging people to do their best and getting out of their head and getting the elements and all this stuff, right? And then you mentioned you personally had a a tough five years where it seems like you, you maybe switched from unhealthy coping mechanisms to more healthy coping mechanisms. Some, something along your journey opened up your eyes to these healthier coping mechanisms. So I'm seeing all these fire stations fucking dive into the cold plunge, dude. Just in our battalion alone, I mean, a lot of people are buying troughs. Some people are filling their fucking recyclables uh, bin oh, yeah. up with water and ice. You know what I'm saying? So as far as observing the LA City culture, you know, there, are, there is like some feedback that says we're, we're, we're ready for it. But because I respect your expertise on salesmanship, what do you think the future of, of peer support, the future of introducing these healthy coping mechanisms looks like for the fire service? I don't like the term salesman, but... Um, I mean it with respect. I'm not picturing like a yeah. guy with a stash selling used cars. Just more <laughs> so someone that's like <laughs> a shaman like a that's opening up your eyes to something that's going to bring value to your life. Well, I... I like to look at that stuff from the terms more of like leadership. You okay, know what I mean? good. Is is just you know because I don't I don't like selling stuff. You know what I mean? I, I think a lot of stuff that I've experienced, um, I go out and I go, hey, this worked for me, mm-hmm. and then I come back and go, hey, try. It. What do you think of this? Yeah, like and see if it's credible, right? Maybe I maybe it worked for me, and maybe it's not going to work for anybody else. And that that's kind of how the dive thing. Uh, you know, a couple of us um, went down and we we took some dive classes. I went, wow, this this is a pretty good deal. Yeah, let's try um, showing other people this, and it went both ways. Like it was a better way of diving for sure, 
And then, but we got a lot of pushback because, because it was different. Right. And it was, it was going to challenge their comfort, right? Like the stuff we were talking about was much more difficult to do. Right. It was, it was, you had to really invest in diving every day. Right. You couldn't just show up and just go, ah, if we get a run, yeah, I'll put this stuff on. Right? Yeah. Right. You had to train, you yeah. had to become better. Right. And so there's all of that stuff. Like what, you know, what, the culture was, was very different when I got hired or, you know, there's still a lot of that. There's still a lot of guys out there. Um, a lot of guys I work with, but I think the thing about it is that you have to have something that works, mm-hmm. right? So it has to work for you, number one, and then it has to work for other people. And anytime that I've gone down these journeys and I've grown um, or I, I love the term becoming emotionally resilient. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the more emotionally resilient I've become, it, it almost upsets people around me. Right. Because people that aren't emotionally resilient will start becoming upset. And it's weird because it's not like a, like a conscious thing. Right. Someone just walking in like, bro, I sense you're doing yoga. What the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like all of a sudden people, you, you, you ch- change as a person. It does. And, and it, it's like the, it's like the, the dude that's an alcoholic and stops drinking and then shows up at the bar. They're like, Oh, get out. What are you doing? Yeah. Why aren't you drinking, bro? Because, because your actions are starting to put doubt in them Mm -hmm. because you, you, you become kind of a mirror. Right. Right. So, um, you know, when I, you know, most of that, that five year period I went through, I was on the job and, um, I was supported by a lot of guys on the job and I was in a point where I was in a very dark place and I didn't know if I was going to get through it. And, you know, so that old school culture really was helpful. You know, the guys came around me and, you know, maybe a lot of the advice I got wasn't the same advice I would get today or that I would give somebody else, but they, they rallied around me oh, and yeah. they did the best they could to support me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Guys let me move into their house. Like, I mean, there was, so it was that culture of, Hey, taking care of one another really, you know? So when I talk about like old culture versus new culture, there's, there's good and bad to both, mm-hmm. right? Like there is still a lot of good stuff that the old culture, you know, believed in, right. Is, Hey, you know, we don't leave no one behind. Right. We, we look after our brotherhood, you know, we do all that kind of stuff. We take care of one another. Right. Um, so not all of the old culture is bad. Right. And I would say without trying to insult the old culture, there was, I, I'll use the, the term ignorance for lack of a better term, is that there's a lot of stuff back then we just didn't know. Right. So we, we, the intention was correct. Right. Right. Is, hey, we take care of one another. We got a dangerous job. We've got to train hard. We've got to be prepared for this stuff. We all go home at night. Our families are the most things, number one. And the fire service is number two because yeah. this is your second family. Yeah. So a, a lot of those core fundamental values, I think, are legitimate. Absolutely. And it's the same list I still have. Right. And I, I think it's it's been tweaked a little bit. Now, I think in the older days, there was just a different a different mindset, mm-hmm. you know, culturally, culturally, right? So you got to look at that too. Like where do people, you know, that are in the firehouse, where do they come from? Right. So yeah. What motivates them? Right. And I think back then religion was more of a, a, a bigger thing. So a lot of our value system came from religion, right? So a lot of back in the days, a lot of guys were very religious. They went to church, all that kind of stuff. And I think that I don't have any issue with that. Right. Um, 
but I think there's a point where we were following methods and a lot of people didn't understand the principles. Yep. Right. And, um, I don't think back then people really l- believed in looking inward as much. It mm-hmm. wasn't a, it wasn't a cultural norm. Right. right. And, and I think that's the key is it all these different methods are all methods of looking inward. Right now there was, there were guys that, that did, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, you know, again, I don't want, you know, just, you know, broad brush everything, but, um, there were people back in the day that, that, that looked inward and, and they went to church and they believe they, they understood the principles of religion and they applied them in their daily life. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was good. Um, but I think there was a lot of people too, that just followed the, the, the methods of it. And hey, you got to go to Sunday. You got to Sunday. You got to go to church. You got to say this. You got to do this. But they weren't really practicing the principles of what that meant, yeah. right? And then so the same guy that goes to church every day, you know, is out, you know, drinking every night, cheating on his wife, doing all this stuff, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah, right. And that was a more accepted culturally back then. I think you know the way that a lot of guys off gas was, you know, they're drinking. For right? sure. And hey, that's part of what you, you okay, you're a fireman. You know, you, you buy a big red truck, grow a mustache, <laughs> buy a boat, and we go to the river. And that that was our tool, right? We'd go to the river yeah. and we'd drink and 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 have a good time. And yeah. and that worked, right? It did off gas stress, right? It was it was a relief. Um, but it was a, just a different mindset back then. And there's a point where you start to see how that played out for a lot of people and a lot of them wound up dying alone. Right, mm-hmm. their families are gone, their wives are gone, and and that was their only tool. So they wound up drinking themselves, not not drinking themselves to death, but dying with a bottle in an apartment by themselves. And you go, ah, oh, man, that tool on its own is it doesn't really play out, right? Yeah. Um, and and I've watched religious people too make a switch too. Like, and a lot of this too is that um, back then there was a lot more older members in the fire department right so there was you had a lot more experience back then like our our fire department has a lot younger membership and we've lost a lot of experience right Mm -hmm. um and so in that you know in that kind of transition people are i think younger people are more aware i think than they used to be a little bit they ask more questions which i think is good yeah i think and that's where I was kind of in this like weird, like in between cultures. And yeah. a lot of times when I had asked questions, I was like, you know, I was given this answer, like, cause that's how we do it. Right. And then when I'd asked why we do it, I never got an answer. Yeah. And I start going like, well, okay, but that doesn't make sense. Right. So I've always asked a lot of questions and, and I've learned through life that if, if you ask somebody a question and they can't give you a good answer, then you go ask a question somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. And the answers are going to be different right but you should have a good reason for why you're doing something right so if if i go hey why do we do the monday checks on the rig and they go because it's monday (laughs) (laughs) yeah but why do we do them because we always do monday checks on monday (laughs) go look it up bro (laughs) and then you go look it up and you come back and goes hey um there's man there's a this is a big list like what, what you know, here's the Monday checks. And they go, are you sure? <laughs> go look it up again. You come back like, dude, that's the same list, bro. Like, so why, why do I, it, you know, check the brakes? Yeah. 
because it's Monday, bro. We always check the brick. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, and, and then you get that that engineer or that that AO that goes, well, hey, if we don't check the brakes, you know, and they get down to this certain percentage, and then because you know we it takes this long to do a brake job, and the, the rig will go down, and you get an explanation, you're like, oh, bitching. Yeah. Right. And I think that's one of the big things that I've noticed from being when I was younger on the job till now is you got a lot of people that didn't really know. The principles, the principles, just the methods. Yeah, and 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 I think we're getting we're. I've noticed, and, and not. And I hope that chief ain't listening to this, but um, I mean, I guess it's good she is or whatever. But um, I think that management is that is one of the big problems with management right now is that they truly don't understand the principles of what they're managing. Right, right. They're following a kind of an outdated system. And, and you look at their attempts to try to update their system and they're using a lot more terminology like, yeah, we're going to take a organic approach to this. Um, a deep gonna, dive. A deep dive. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck does that even mean? You know what I mean? Like what? It, I, hey, Every time I hear deep dive, it makes me laugh. Or us, we're, we're good. We're like, all right, they're still supporting the dive program. Yeah, we yeah, do yeah. that every day, bro. Yeah, oh, yeah we got to call brothers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and my question, you know, I, when a chief says that, I go, what does that mean? What is a deep dive? And that's a fantastic quality to have, man, to be curious. Right. Because if you can't answer that question, right, then there's a problem. And like you found with the peer support pro- program, right? Right. If there's not someone answering that phone, then we have a problem. Right. Because the principal is trying to help our members. Right. Just like, I guess, the principal and the upper management is trying to figure out a direction that we can go that's sustainable. Right, right, because that's a lot of the things right now that are causing stress in my life are like the fact that we don't have enough staff, not enough resources, all these things, and it's a question of sustainability, right? Because I mean, LA is only getting busier. So, dude, I don't know how long we've been going. I imagine we can speak for fucking two days straight, but I'm really glad that you came here, and I knew you would raise the bar on leadership, bringing the focus back to the principles not just the methods, right? Not just continuing the momentum of methods because this is the way it's always been done, but get to know yourself, get to know your purpose in this profession and outside this profession, right? And look um, look at the principles. And that's what you taught me in peer support training was Trev, focus on the principles, not just the methods. So I really, dude, I'm really grateful you came here today to tell your story, to, to promote the fire up program and, um, and, and to put my focus back on the principles of trying to help one another. All right. I have a question for you. Hell yeah. Well, I was looking this. I got to see if I can find it. I put it on my phone. Cause I was like, Oh, what the hell does that mean? Like I've, I've really explored some hippy dippy stuff. Yeah. So I got to ask you're you. an anthropologist, man. Yeah, because I got to ask. And that's the other thing, too. When you ask people questions, like if they're insulted by the question and don't have an answer, then... They're full of shit. Well, don't say that too quick because I'm about to ask you a question, bro. Okay, what the hell was it? It was some crazy shit about like shadow something or other. Oh, shadow work. Yeah. yeah what? Okay, yeah, shadow work. What the hell is shadow work? So it's a philosophy that was invented by Carl Jung. Okay. And it has to do with the part of yourself that you have deemed unworthy of love. Now, for me personally, my shadow was like my sensitive side. So growing up, I had people telling me that 
you know, a man doesn't cry or a man doesn't show weakness or whatever. So I developed this part of me that was put into the shadow. And basically the principle of this is that you have to incorporate all of yourself. So just like you described going up into the mountains and finding your weaknesses, that is at the heart of the true warrior spirit is to understand, okay, what part was put in the shadow? What part is in the light? For me, dude, I lived a lot of my life putting energy into the persona. And like, like we've talked about, dude, the persona can only receive praise. It can't receive love. So that was a big switch on my journey was not having this division of like, here's the parts of me that are bad that I'm going to keep in the shadow. And here are the parts of me that are good that I'm just going to put into this persona, but having this like entire being, right? So it's kind of like the idea is to illuminate all of these parts of yourself, similar to like what you would do up in the mountains is not just like be concerned that you have these weaknesses, but to actually investigate these weaknesses, get to know all of you because that is what makes a real warrior. Yeah. I think people avoid shadow work because it's uncomfortable. Well, it sounds it's weird. All the things. <laughs> well, that's, that's why we did a whole episode on it, it yeah. because it was coined by Carl Jung, who was a psychologist, and he's realizing, hey, the best parts of people are in the shadow work because once you bring something to the light or to the forefront, it's a part of you that's been asking and wanting some attention. And so when you give attention to it, you're taking care of a wound or you're taking care of a behavioral pattern and you go deep, you do a deep dive and you start extracting <laughs> what that is. You start to understand yourself a bit better. And that's a part of that inner work and the inner work with shadow work is a relationship with it. And like, just to answer your question, like in the entirety of it, I mean, did you listen to the episode? Obviously I didn't, or I wouldn't be asking this question. <laughs> so, me out like, I mean, the whole, the whole episode is based on understanding what shadow work means. And each person has their own personal relationship with what that means. And a lot of it is core wounds. And that's part of the episode is understanding the fundamental of core wounds, what they are and what they mean to you. And just to like to give a perfect example, the, the yin and yang sign, right? You have white and black light and darkness. But if you, look at what that means just the picture of the yin and yang you have it's it's going into each of each other right and there's bits and pieces you have a, a white mark inside the black mark and people are always like kind of trying to construe and and digest what this symbol means and someone had pointed out to me well you're missing the whole point look at the look at the entire thing from a, a bigger zoomed out perspective it's a circle because it's an integral whole of the entirety of light and darkness, black and white. And so it's it's bringing everything to an integral whole with even our fire department. You know, we all have to work together to bring unity and bring a collaboration together to face something like behavioral health. It's not just one person. It's not just the chief. It's not just these people that are in leadership. It's part of each other. And each other plays their own important part that's gonna lead and bring you know this this you know solution to the integral whole and on top of that you know if you're not part of a solution you're part of a problem and that comes with the idea like firefighters two things that firefighters don't like change in the way things are so that's a fucking paradox dude uh, but going into like things like shadow work it just bring in simple awareness you know to certain things and it's it's hard man to to, to 
we're doing things to make hippy dippy subjects or ideas. Not hippy dippy, man. It's just a, an awareness or a conscious level of something. And that's yeah. and that's beautiful how you take the idea of your audience, dude. Because it's so important, man. Like I can't, I can only talk to my girlfriend the way I talk to her in a, in a certain way. I can't talk to her the way I act at work. You know what I mean? It's just not going to work. You know. Well, it will work, and that's that's <laughs> one. Uh, that's why I'm challenging you just a little bit because I've sure. I've lived it. Right? Yeah. Is it? Um, it will work, but you have to figure out how to make it work. For and sure. so, like, like the way you just like. The way you just explained it, like as like a old fireman, I'd be like, "What the fuck is she talking about?" Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. you got to remember, like, there's there's a point where, like, we all stumble across these tools and and mm -hmm. we 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 understand them, we, get, we find the root of them, but you have to find a way to explain them to firemen. Like, if you're trying to help firemen, you got to speak their language. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? So, like, if you because like like I said, I've never even heard that term, and I've I've done some pretty hippy dippy stuff. Yeah, and that's that's why I intentionally wanted to just ask you from that perspective, like, what is this, mm. right? Because if I read that, I'm like, uh, lame, no thanks. Right. But as opposed to going like, you know, like like just not like marketing or selling it, but explaining it to the people you're talking to of yeah. like, bro, you want to be a warrior? Yeah, you have to go out and find your dark side <laughs> and find out what's in there and conquer your dark side. You know what I mean? Because without the dark and the light, you are nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's Hell the yeah. same thing, but it's like, as you know, you know, we kind of come, you know, firemen are kind of like, like warriors. You know what right. I mean? It's like, we, we fight fire. Right. It's like, um, and, and, and most of the stuff I listen to, a lot of these uh, guys that are that are really doing well at kind of explaining these things is you go and you, you get the principle of it and you go okay well what are we trying to do here yin and yang like, like yin and yang to mo a lot of firemen don't mean nothing they're like well exactly. that's some hippy dippy stuff right but you know they understand that you know good and evil dark mm -hmm. and you know and I I get like where you're coming from like 100 mm -hmm. percent like what you you know I totally understand what you're saying but sometimes when you're speaking a language that they don't understand all of a sudden they feel dumb right yeah or they'll tune you out i mean the same right. thing happens to me like if you know they say that <laughs> like what you're saying isn't as important as how you look yes. saying it right? right so we all have these judgments and the way that i would bring it into the context of the fire service is you know for a long time we were united over our successes right and i think Lately, as John and I have seen in this podcast, dude, I've had classmates reach out to me that I, I didn't know I had a bond with, you know, but they yeah. didn't know that I was divorced or they didn't know I had miscarriages. And so it's interesting to like these things that I've been embarrassed about, like right. getting divorced. It's actually something that built camaraderie right. with me and my my classmates or other members, you know? And so I think for the longest time, that persona only, you know, wanted to bond over their triumphs, over their trophies, you know, Hey, we're both on the AOs list. We must have something in common, you know? Whereas like, if we're both embarrassed about a divorce, well, that's actually something we can both learn from. And it's probably shaped us more than the shit that we were good at. Yeah, and it's like, you know, one of the most powerful things I've learned to say to people is I don't know. Yeah, right. Right, because someone comes at you like, hey, what the heck? You, you know, the chainsaw, this, but what the heck? And yeah. you go like, 
I'm sorry, I didn't know. I made a mistake. And then they <laughs> looked at you like a, like you're an alien. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you do. You just completely disarmed them. Right. Right. And I think it's the same with, with mental health, right, is that if we can speak their language, right, and we say, hey, look, because, um, you know, the, like when I read shadow something or other, it like, freaks me out. Like, I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah. And, like, where is it coming from? As opposed to saying, hey, man, um, like a lot of what we talk about the fire program is, you know, is a – I know it's an old parable or something, or it's an Indian thing of, you know, there's two wolves, right? The, the, um, I don't remember the act. They tell the story much better up there, but the guy says, you know, I know the story, you know, he's tell the story. So there's a, a, a grandfather teaching his grandson about this parable of the two wolves and the grandfather's explain it. There's two wolves you have within you. One is good and one is bad. And after telling the story to the grandson, the grandson asks, well, which one is going to be the ruler of your life? And he said, the, the one you feed. Yeah. Essentially, that's the, that's the gist of that entire story. And we kind of, we kind of look at it a little, or explain it a little bit different that not one is good or bad because you're both. And that, I think right. that's what you're saying with the shadow thing is yes. that like there's, you're a good, you're a black wolf and you're a white wolf. Exactly. Yes. There's no good wolf or bad wolf, right? Sometimes you need the black wolf. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, keep the other wolves at the door yeah so it's not and i think what so the the shadow thing we're talking about is that you have to look at you have two wolves right you have a black one and you have a white one and hopefully you're in a position in your life where the white wolf is winning yeah but there's times when the white wolf needs to step aside and the black wolf has to come up absolutely and i think that's where a lot of us miss the boat is we we forget to put the leash back on the black wolf yes right i've and we, been we gotta, guilty of that. like okay go over here and feed the you know here you go have, right. have some kibble you know right. what i mean where the white wolf is is the one that's leading yes right and i think that that black wolf is basically like the ego right right sometimes he's necessary absolutely but i think like what you're saying is that that, that it's it's both wolves Yep. They're both there all the time, yeah. right? And I think that's, you know, and, and I think like um, that's what we're talking about, like explanations is it. And, and I think that is a huge thing for people in the fire service and people that are going through post-traumatic stress, just all that stuff, is they're ashamed of the black wolf, yes, right? They don't want to deal with it because they're ashamed of it, mm-hmm. right? When the that's a good part of who you are. Absolutely. Right? Um and you know the, the the black wolf could be a lot of things. It could be ignorance. It could be just hey, you didn't know. You don't know what you don't know, right? right. And I think that like stuff like that, like explaining that in that terminology, people understand is that hey, there's there's no bad wolf. There's both wolves, right? Right. And sometimes you need one. Sometimes you need ideally because like when we talk about the fire program, one of the guys says, hey, you're either in a fight, leaving a fight, or preparing to be in a fight because life is a fight yeah it right? sure is there's ways to do it like i hate to use the term gracefully because it sounds a little hippy dippy but there's a way to do it where you're not you know full of anxiety and fear and right, anger and all right. that kind of stuff there's a way to you know that's that's one of the things i love about jujitsu is it teaches you to fight yeah. without being in anger without being in anxiety mm-hmm. you're just fighting yeah and that's part of what we do is you know I don't want to sound sexist, but it, but fighting is a part of masculinity, right? That's sure. part of what we do. It's part of who we are, right? I haven't gotten, in, I haven't had to fight anybody today, and I don't intend to like physically fight somebody. But there's always going to be that fight. Oh yeah, you know, with your kids, with your wife, and it, it may not necessarily. It doesn't have to be, you know, like this anger-driven, adrenaline type of thing. You can do it 
like in jujitsu, like okay, you're gonna you're gonna roll, you're gonna move, you're gonna use your you're gonna use your tools that you learn to overcome. And sometimes you win, and sometimes you lose. Right. Mm-hmm. Same with those two wolves, the black and the white wolf. Is sometimes you know the black wolf is gonna gonna dominate because it has to, but then you bring it back. So I, that's just what I'm trying to talk about, like in the the terminology. Like a lot of people, you start talking about like consciousness and mindfulness, and yeah. a lot of our people don't understand what that means. Dude, and that's why you're a role model of mine. That's why I wanted you to have, uh, come on the podcast because you have a way of explaining things. Like during COVID, man, I was so lost. I started to do a lot of research on mythology and society and pillars of society, right? Rites of passage, coming of age. And there's, there's always this thing about elders and wisdom and storytelling, you know? And the way that you can break things down is a gift. And I really am glad that you came on the podcast because you have a way of explaining things and you understand our culture. And to me, this is like the new standard of leadership. And so I'm glad that our members can listen to this and understand that guys like you are out there, you know, and we're trying to be better and we're putting all of that back into our department. Well, I'll leave you with this then. Like, even though there there has been, you know, just like in any culture, there, there's the white wolf and there's the the black wolf you know what i mean and we don't ever want to get to the point where like the the old ways are all black wolf right look for the white and the black wolf in both right learn from the old culture what we can because there is a lot of good there yeah you know for what sure. i mean and because we 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 are learning a lot of new techniques and a lot of good stuff it, anytime we take away like if if we want to be better, we're we're never becoming better by taking from someone else or getting rid of someone else. And that's a lot of things I see problems in culture right now. Is that no? Now your culture is bad, and now yours is good, and now yours is good. Yours, you know what I mean? Polarity, right? We we can't um, become better by taking away from other people, right? And and I think it's the same with our culture. Is that ask those questions. Hey, why did you guys do this? Mm-hmm. And listen to the answer. A lot of times there's really good answers. Yeah. Right. Um, and I would say the same for the new culture, right? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing cold baths? Why are you doing saunas? Most it seems like most people understand what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, that that's what I would leave you with this is this whole thing is is never get caught up in it's always management or it's always because there's good managers in there too right find those good managers ask them why why do you do this right and listen to the answers and and you'll find those people out there um you know there's there's good chiefs and there's bad chiefs right find those good ones and find out why they did things right because uh, to me history is very important right you've you know heard all the analogies if if we don't listen to history then we're inevitably going to read you know, relive them, right? Yes. I, I believe there's truth in that. Is that find out the good things that they did? We didn't really need a peer support back in the day because we were our own peer support, right? And I and that's my big intention with working with peer support is getting back to that. Is not me coming in solving your problem, right? Is it reminding you that this is what we do in the fire service? We take care of one another, right? There shouldn't necessarily we don't need peer support. We, we are our own peer support. We've, we've just lost our way a little bit. We've forgotten that we, I have to take responsibility for you and you, and you need to take responsibility for me, Yeah. right? Because that's one of the great things that comes out of our whole culture is that we take care of each other, right? I know when you're hurting. I know when something's wrong with you, but I'm going to take the next step. I'm going to ask you what's going on, 
right? And when you lie to me, I'm going to ask you again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Come on, brother. I know you better than that. What's going on? Yeah. Right. That's that's the thing. Is it? I think that's the goal for my personal goal in peer support is just to re-educate guys that hey, we take care of each other. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a really powerful message, message, Jason. Thank you for sharing all of all of this today, dude. Yeah, and he posed a good challenge, dude. It, and we've been challenged by having these podcast episodes, dude. We, I mean, we will pose like even coming up with the idea of shadow work. You know, Trevor was like, dude, it's going to be really hard to explain that. I think if you listen to the episode, you'll, you'll see how we're really bringing it into a, a receptive subject. You know, it's it, it. Some of these things are hard to, you know, take in just consciousness, right? You just say that word, right. but it's just uh, we're bringing it into a way of being able to teach so people can have an understanding of something, so they can receive it in a way where it's like, okay, I can relate to that, or if I don't relate to that, then I can relate to this. You know, it's um, you just take in what you can, and it's it's challenging, dude. And there's different you know audiences, without a doubt, that people are gonna receive it. Some aren't. Well, and I, think, I think all like, of it too is like me and Trevor told each other like, hey, dude, if this reaches five people, man, that's what matters, you know. And that's only only thing we can really do. We can only do so much, you know. Well, don't lead with your chin. You know what I mean? You oh, know that, sure. right? Like instead of calling it like whatever whatever the hippy dippy term is, shadow work, mindfulness, like like because I think you can reach more than five people. Well, I think if, if you go like, hey, you know conquer your dark side brother on this episode you know what i mean or we're, we're going after you know what i mean what something that they under and they go like pose it like they're going to be intrigued and they go, what, what is this now if you mention somewhere in the episode about you know the term shadow work comes up by then they're already bought into what you're talking about because I, I think that's a very important message but i think it could be missed by a lot of people when they read the word shadow work you know what i mean as opposed to hey on this episode we're going to look at you know we're going to look at our dark sides yeah and they're like what the hell does that mean you know what i mean and then you you explain it before you use the term shadow work now they're like oh okay it's like breath works you know i that's more of an acceptable term nowadays but um or like cold bat like you know it's called like the example i use cold immersion like hi would you like to reach spiritual lava through cold immersion <laughs> uh no thanks or hey bro we got this this you know this old cultural yeah. warrior technique that we have viking and, shit yeah viking indian yeah. prepare for war they're like yeah man then you're like you think you can do two minutes bro yeah then they're like yeah i can you know what i mean you, you you get their their they you get them interested in it and by the time they they do it they're like dude i don't know we can call it whatever you want that's terrible right <laughs> yeah well it's been a real pleasure to have you on brother yeah you too thank you so much for coming and just giving us some of your wisdom and <clears throat> continuing continuing to be the leader, you know, continuing to be the change that we want to see. Uh, we don't take it for granted, brother. Yeah, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I mean, either sure. way, whether you call it shadow work or, you know, <laughs> conquering the dark. I mean, I, I, I like the idea that you guys are, you know, you're putting some stuff out there for right. thought. The principles are the same. Yeah, I think it's it's good work that you guys are doing. And, uh, you know, keep it up. Hell yeah. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, brother. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. And if you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon, go ahead and um, give us a rating, some stars, and a little bit of comments, man. We'd love to appreciate that. Thank you, everybody.